0: And welcome back in our number two of the program here on Tuesday morning. And today is the 21st anniversary of the Station Nightclub fire. And of course, uh, as I mentioned earlier, anybody that wants to call in with any remembrances of of anyone that was involved or uh, just anything to do with what happened on February 20th, 2003. uh, As I mentioned, you know, we, we have done multiple episodes of Spooky South Coast about it over the years, not because of any kind of paranormal aspect to it. Although the 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 story of Dave Caden's son, Nikki O'Neill, has paranormal overtones to it. Um, if you've never heard that story, there was a book, there was a documentary. The book is called 41 Signs of Hope that Dave wrote. And the documentary, I believe, is just called 41, if I remember correctly. And it's about you know, Nicky O'Neill was the youngest person to die in the station nightclub fire. But then after his passing, there were all these signs and, and ways that he was reaching out to his family. And so uh, the the story was very touching. If you haven't heard it, uh, we still have the Spooky South Coast podcast out there. You're going to go all the way back to some of our earliest episodes, but but it's there. And, uh, and of course, Dave talks about it quite a bit, but I would suggest getting his book. It's, um, it's a very touching story. And we had friends that went there. You know, there was a big contingent of people from Wareham that went. Actually, my Spooky South Coast co-host, Matt Moniz, was supposed to go that night and, and didn't end up going. You know, Matt Costa and I had talked about going. I didn't know anything about Great White except for once bitten, twice shy, but I'd like that song when it had come out years before. But my my whole thing was I had never, at that point, really never been to a club. I had never seen a small show like that with a. Well, I probably had seen some shows like that by that point, by 2003, but I had never gone to a to a nightclub. And so I was considering it and we made the decision not to go because we both work early in the morning, seven days a week. If If I wasn't the one getting up early to open up the diner, it was Matt. So we just decided it wasn't worth it. For a band that we didn't know that much music from. And we didn't really know Moniz in those days or else we probably definitely would have gone, the three of us together. But we had people that we knew, friends. We had a regular diner customer. Who was in every day. And when he didn't come in the next day, we said, oh, oh, no, he was going to that show, wasn't he? And I know it's, you know, you're not supposed to talk about other radio stations when you're on the radio, but Dr. Metal from 94HJY, Mike Gonzales, he was somebody who was also killed in the fire and somebody who, you know, was a big part of my life. Didn't, wasn't really personal friends with him, but listened to him all the time. And so I think it touched everybody in some way around here and certainly changed a lot when it comes to the law regarding some of these venues and and the things that they would do in those venues. I remember after it happened, because as you know, know, wrestling is a big part of my DNA and it's how I got involved in the media in the first place. And at that time in, in 2003... I was already a sports writer and I was, uh, you know, still writing my inside wrestling column every week in the Standard Times. And I would go to all of the local shows. And if WWE was coming through Boston or Providence, I was usually there. And at the time, you know, one of the big parts of the production was when. The show opened They had a huge fireworks display Inside the arena A pyrotechnics display You know Lights and bangs and everything and, and, And they got to the point Where they were pretty intense To start off the show And then some of the wrestlers That would come out Had pyrotechnics incorporated Into their entrances And after the station nightclub fire All of that stopped for a period of time Eventually They brought it back And now of course It's it's part of what they do all the time I think I guess probably half the roster Has pyrotechnics involved In their entrance somehow But it it For a while There was Not only in some places A ban on it but there was kind of a moratorium in the in the entertainment field as they looked as a way looked into a way to make it safer but you know it wasn't the type of explosion pyrotechnic display that you would have seen at a WWE show it wasn't the type of pyrotechnics you would see if you had gone to i don't know who were the big performers back in that day Britney Spears and you know, if you'd gone to one of her shows, the pyrotechnics would have been different. This was basically a little pot, a little flash pot, they would call it. And, and these were like homemade pyrotechnics to give the, you know the, the, the feeling of making the show seem bigger than it was. But very much a homemade type of device. I mean, these days you couldn't imagine doing something like that, not only because of the safety aspect of it and and the safety rules that came out as a result of the station nightclub fire. But could you just imagine if you were in the back row of a small nightclub and something like that went off? People would panic, not because they're thinking, oh, there's a pyrotechnic issue, you know, the pyrotechnic device going off and this could be another station nightclub incident. More because you hear that bang and you're like, somebody's got a gun. Somebody just set off a pressure cooker bomb. The world was a lot different in 2003. It still wasn't completely innocent. Especially not that long removed from 9-11, but it was certainly not the world that we live in now. So if anybody wants to call in with any remembrances or anyone who they want to Share their experiences if they were there. I'll always take those calls. 508-996-0500. We were also talking earlier about the, the Brockton School Committee members who had petitioned for the mayor to request Governor Healy to send the National Guard into Brockton High School to help with some of the issues that they've had there. They held their press conference yesterday. And stated their thoughts and feelings to the media, but didn't take any questions. And so that's why, you know, when Ray called earlier and he had questions, I couldn't give him the answers because they didn't allow any questions. Any of the journalists that were there certainly would have asked those questions, certainly would have asked questions such as, how many kids do you think are a problem? What other avenues have you looked at? Why do you feel like it's risen to this level? Would you look at other possibilities, such as expulsion of those students? Do you have a resource officer? Is your resource officer armed? Would more resource officers help? Have you talked to the police department about that possibility? It just seems like And again, I'm sure that the folks in Brockton are exasperated with this issue, but this just seems like you're reaching for the most extreme solution and bypassing a lot of easier to achieve solutions, maybe, I should say. I mean, it's easy for me to say. I'm not sitting here in charge of a $14 million shortfall in the budget like they are and and trying to find a way to... Do more with less. But this just seems, it seems like a stunt to me. I think they, they have good intentions with this in trying to, to get eyeballs on the problem. I don't think that they actually expect that Governor Maura Healy is going to send the National Guard to Brockton High School. And if they do... I think it's even more, and I could be wrong. Maybe I just don't know enough about the National Guard to know if this is something that is common practice for them. Do they send plainclothes National Guard troops into schools to work as substitute teachers and hall monitors? Is that something that has happened before? Is this part of their expected service to the community or, or, you know, the, the potential of service to community, to the community that I'm just unaware of because it seems kind of extreme to me. And the fact that it's getting so much media attention makes me think that it doesn't happen anywhere else. And, you know, now it sounds like they're backpedaling a little bit. Oh, no, no, we wouldn't want them to be in uniform. No, no, we wouldn't want them carrying weapons. No, we basically just want somebody to come in and supervise the hallways and serve as substitute teachers without us having to pay them out of the school department budget. We'd rather it came in. On someone else's dime, since we, we can't afford to pay for it. And I don't think, I get it, I get it. $14 million is a lot of money to make up in a budget. But $14 million isn't the cost of what they need to solve this problem. $14 million isn't what they need to hire some substitute teachers, to hire some hall monitors. We're probably talking a million dollars, maybe at most. March, April, May, you've got four months left in the school year. And then you can reassess. But you can't come up with the money to, to just bring in some personnel for four months to get some retired, maybe maybe get a few retired police officers who are looking for a few extra bucks to come in. Maybe get some retired teachers to come in and, and sub. Now they're claiming 35 teachers have been out. Because of the issues that they're having. So it's also hard then to say, well, how do you expect a retired teacher to want to come back and sub if the people who are getting paid don't want to be there because the problems are so bad? I would need a little bit more data on those teachers being out. I would need a little bit more information about that. How many of those absences are truly because the teacher says, you know what? I can't deal with this anymore. Okay. So how much time off do you really have that you can just call in? And also we're talking about the middle of winter when there are multiple different types of illnesses going around, multiple viruses that people can come down with that, you know, again, and I'm not Somebody out there is ready to call in and say, COVID-19 isn't even a big deal anymore. Yeah, no, I get it before you even call in and say it. But if, if a teacher comes down with it, they still have to stay home for a day or two. They're still sick. The same way if they get the flu or anything else that you can catch this time of year. Well, they can catch any time of year, but that is more predominant this time of year. So out of those absences that they had, how many of those were people that just got sick and couldn't go to work? And and, and by the way, school teachers aren't like you and I. They're not supposed to just suck it up and go to work if they're sick. They're told repeatedly that if they are not feeling well, to not come in. Because them coming in with a cold or the flu or anything else puts everybody else at risk and it just is going to go through that school. And then instead of having one teacher out for, for a couple of days, they've got 15 teachers out for a couple of days. So it's not a matter of they should just suck it up and go to school anyway. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSN.
2: Yeah, who's this, Tim? Yes. Yeah, Tim. Uh, let let me tell you what I what I know. You're talking about Brockton, right? Yes. Yeah, let me tell you what I know because I know somebody that works there and has been there for for years, and this this is the this has been the problem. First of all, the superintendent left last year. I don't know if you're aware of that.
0: Right, went out on medical um, leave. Yeah. And,
2: right, and what happened was. He overspent the budget by 15, $16 million. And he did that because they had COVID money, okay? And they used a lot of the COVID money to uh, hire these people to, to you know, because they got a, a myriad of, of, of programs that they had offered to the kids there that no other school in, in, in this district or anywhere around here has. And, and they were really doing very, very well. And then what happened is the money ran out. He continued with the, those 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 things that he was doing in terms of offering all these programs for these kids and this and that, and he always spent his budget by like a six million But more importantly, this is the problem, and, and nobody wants to address this problem. But it's it rock and it's not just brought in in veteran as well. It's in Fall River, and that is. They changed the laws of the police in the schools on arresting these bad kids, okay? And I'll give you an example. Uh, Years ago, if somebody was assaulted, somebody in 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 the hallway where there was a fight, they could arrest this student for disturbance of the school. Well, the legislature's changed that law, okay? So now the police, and the kids know this, the, the, the police don't have those arresting powers that they used to have for disturbances in the school. Now, if somebody has a knife, obviously you stab somebody, obviously they can arrest them for that type of a, you know, a situation. Sure. But for, for just you know, wandering the halls and, 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 and hauling off and suckering a kid, which happens on a daily basis, okay, uh, or, or two or three of them jumping a the kid, they they can't arrest these kids because the law states you can't arrest them for disturbance of the school. Okay. Now, to give you an example of how everybody kind of hides hides the problem. You got New Bedford for example that has two two uh, what I consider not, not so, you know not bad kids but they've been in problems where one of them goes to Trinity and the other goes to uh, Whaling City. Okay. Now, Wayland City may have 130 kids there. Well, what people don't know, okay, and you should know this and understand this because even the New Yorker schools, they, they hide these facts, okay? Half of the school doesn't even show up on a daily basis. There's kids that are in those schools don't even go. So if there's 130 kids there, half of them don't even bother going to school. And what's happened is by changing these laws and, and putting, you know, the, the strain on the teachers, which there shouldn't be, obviously, they're here to teach. What what New Bedford, what Brockton, what all these, you know, inner city schools need, and, and, and I know people don't like to hear this because of the liberalism and everything else, and I'm not a, an old school guy, but I kind of am, but I'm kind of middle of the road. If you do something bad, you should be punished for it. Uh, and that is the time has come in New Bedford and Brock and these areas. We need to build a big facility for these kids that they can be sent to. Okay. And taken right out of the school. If they, if they have a couple of incidents like this, because they're not going to get any better in that environment. They don't go to school. Suspending them is not the answer. Okay. And that's all. you know, the, the principals can do because they can't arrest them. So what are you doing? You're giving the kid two days off, he's coming back, he's doing the same thing again, and it's a revolving door. We don't have the facilities to put these kids in. We're talking about building a new school here and a new school there. What we ought to be talking about is building a school for these types of kids and let the kids who really want to go to school and be productive and learn, okay, do that, and, and 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 an unfair thing with the kids. I gotta I gotta say this. It starts at home, okay. These kids don't turn out that way by accident, okay. They probably come from dysfunctional families. Most of them probably from single parents, and and really they they already got two strikes against them when they hit these schools, okay. And the environment that they're in, and, and the kids that they're hanging around with, but. All we're doing is kicking the can down the road. If you remember, a couple years ago, they were talking about taking the, you know, you know, taking the
0: police out of the schools. Yeah, I just, how I, stupid is that? I just got to hold you there because I got to take a break. How stupid is that? <clears throat> I know. Yeah, I think about that for a second. I, I no, I agree with you there, but I, I got to hold you there because I got to take a break before the news. Okay. I appreciate the call. Thank you. And, no uh, problem. You know, didn't mean to cut him short there, but I just looked over at the clock and said, oh, man, I got to take this break so that we don't uh, wait too long for the news. But we'll be right back in just a few moments. And 508-996-0500 or send in those app chat messages or open line voicemails in the WBSM app. But now let's go into the newsroom with Phil Devitt.
2: Now, the biggest stories on the South Coast from the WBSM
1: Newsroom. This is WBSM News. President Biden says Republicans are walking away from America's obligations overseas. Michael Kastner reports. The president spoke to
0: reporters on the White House lawn before leaving for a trip. The way they're walking away from the threat of Russia, the way they're walking away from NATO, the way they're walking away from meeting our obligations... It's just shocking. I've been for a while. I've never seen anything like this. The comments come as the Republican-led House took a two-week break without bringing legislation providing military aid to Ukraine and Israel to the floor for a vote. It also follows the death of Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny, who was an outspoken critic of Vladimir Putin. I'm Michael Kastner.
1: The Biden administration is considering more sanctions against Moscow after the death of opposition leader Alexei Navalny. The high-profile vocal critic of Vladimir Putin died in prison last week. President Biden now says he would be willing to enact additional sanctions on top of those already levied after Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Republican presidential candidate Nikki Haley is gearing up for a speech later today on the state of the presidential race. She's set to deliver the remarks in South Carolina at noon. The speech comes just days before the former South Carolina governor is set to go head-to-head with former President Trump in her home state's GOP primary. No other details have been provided about Haley's speech. Polls show Trump holds a wide lead over Haley in South Carolina ahead of Saturday's primary. A suspect in Colorado's latest school shooting is headed to court today. Colorado Springs Police Chief Adrian Vasquez says the department is working to bring the community swift justice. The best case, the, 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 the tightest case that we possibly can. Murder cases like this, it really is very critical that we dot every I and cross every T and make sure that that investigation is as tight as possible. Police arrested Nicholas Jordan on Monday, three miles from the University of Colorado, Colorado Springs. The 25-year-old is a student there, accused of opening fire in a dorm Friday, killing two people. Taking antidepressants such as Prozac while pregnant can hinder a child's brain development and possibly cause mental disorders later in life. That's the findings in a new study published last week in the journal Nature Communications. Experts say antidepressants that raise serotonin levels can influence how the brain learns and adjusts. NASA is looking for volunteers to spend a year in a simulated Mars habitat. The plan is for four people to live inside a 1,700-square-foot simulation at NASA's Johnson Space Center in Houston. Those who end up inside will have to work to keep things running, grow crops, and work with robotics. The mission is set for the spring of 2025, and applications are due by April 2nd. Now to qualify, you must be a U.S. citizen or permanent resident between the ages of 30 and 55 with at least a master's degree in engineering, math, or biology. And pilots with more than 1,000 hours could also qualify. Police in Rhode Island have arrested a man in connection with an attempted armed robbery at Bay Coast Bank in Swansea. Authorities say a courier was robbed by two men at gunpoint. 29-year-old Giovanni Foyol is in custody. The search is on for the other suspect. And in New Bedford, lane closures begin tonight as work ramps up on the new pedestrian bridge going over Route 18. The overnight work will go for at least the next week. Time now for WBSM Sports, brought to you by Sparks Auto in Dartmouth. The Boston Bruins beat the Dallas Stars at TD Garden last night 4-3. to They're away to play the Edmonton Oilers tomorrow, and the Celtics play the Bulls in Chicago on Thursday. Let's check your forecast with ABC6. Another beautiful day is in store as far as sunshine is concerned. Plenty of it. Don't be fooled by it because it is cold outside. Temperatures feeling like in the teens this morning so do bundle up. They'll be climbing into the mid-30s by this afternoon under plenty of sunshine dry during the next couple of days with the temperatures moderating Wednesday into Thursday. We're expecting rain by Friday. Be sure to watch ABC6 for my full seven-day forecast from- from the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Cecil Carmen on New Bedford's News Talk Station 1420 WBSM. I'm Phil Devitt for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station WBSM and get all of our content and breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. <laughs>
0: fourth Belinda Carlisle solo song that you remember and, and, and probably one that you don't remember much at all. Like you heard it and you're like, what is this? And then you hear, oh yeah, I remember this song. You know, I think Heaven is a Place on Earth. Um, I Get Weak. Uh, what was the other one? What's the uh, Why is it going out of my brain? But anyway, I think this would be the fourth song. People would Would recognize. Uh, But, you know, that's what I try to do here. Try to play the things you're not thinking of. We can get more into this discussion about Brockton High and about security in schools and getting rid of the problem kids and all that. Uh, But I just, I want to mention this because I got the email this morning and I've been following along with this for the last few weeks when I heard that it was coming out. But those of you who have listened to the show for a while, you probably know that I'm, I'm not much of a drinker. Although I did start to get into, you know, having a little bit more like whiskey and bourbon and rye and things of that nature. But generally I'm not, you know, if I'm if I'm going to go out to eat, I may have a beer, but I'm generally more of a, a soda drinker, or at least I was before I started this, this, this weight loss journey. But I was always more of a soda drinker and I would... I would try different sodas and craft sodas and all those kind of things the same way that people would do that with craft beers. And so if you told me we were going to a brewery, I'd say, oh, yeah, that sounds like fun. I'll go along. But if you told me, oh, there's, uh, you know, we're going to go to the Coca-Cola Museum and, and all of that in, in Atlanta. go, Oh, in fact, when I went to Atlanta a few years ago to film uh, Weird Earth for the, for the Weather Channel, That was like my biggest regret going there was that I was basically just there for a Sunday and the Coca-Cola Museum was closed. So, I mean, they flew me out, so I was on their schedule, but I was like, I really would have loved to have just stayed one more day and gone to that on Monday. But that's what I've always kind of been more of a, a fan of. And so when different sodas come out, I'll try them. Um, basically if I'm going to have a soda now, I drink a Coke zero sugar. I guess it's not called Coke zero anymore. It's called Coke zero sugar, but I would have those. That's what I have in my house. And that's what I will drink. Although I have my consumption of that has dropped to pretty much next to nothing. I just drink exclusively water and then some coffee and tea, but. You know, mostly just water However, I started to hear the rumblings of this new Coke flavor That was going to be debuting this month Coca-Cola Spiced Now, a few years ago They came out with some Christmas holiday-themed Cokes And, and Sprite And one of them was A Cinnamon Coke and I, I liked it. I mean, I didn't drink a lot of it. I bought a case of it. And it took me a while to get through it. And, and most of the cans I probably gave to other people to try. But I, I I liked it enough. But it's not something I would have drank, you know, I would drink year round. <clears throat> this new Coca-Cola Spiced, however, which is, I guess, a limited... Uh, is it limited or is it going to be a permanent new flavor? I, I forget. I've I think I've... That it's going to be permanent But this is As they describe it here The bold Unexpected combination Of our our iconic Coke taste With a burst of refreshing Notes of raspberry And spiced flavors And they have a a regular version and And a zero sugar version And I've seen mixed reviews From the people who have tried it The food bloggers, the soda reviewers, and now that it's out in the stores, the common people who are like posting on Reddit and things like that. And some people say, ah, the flavor is not really that impressive. Others are like, the flavor is very strong. I don't know. I'll probably try it for myself. And I'll probably try each one, even though I don't really drink regular Coke anymore. But I want to kind of compare and contrast the two. And then I'm sure after I tried it, I won't drink it again after that. I've tried some of the new Cokes that they've come out with In recent years, these limited run flavors These special flavors And most of the time I was unimpressed But I'll give this a try I'm a Dr. Pepper fan And a lot of people are comparing this to like A raspberry-ish Dr. Pepper Whereas Dr. Pepper is A cherry spiced soda So I think I'll give it a whirl But I don't have high hopes but if you've tried it, let me know what you think. 508-996-0500. If you, I'm not going to try it today because uh, I'm going to the dentist this afternoon for, for my teeth cleaning. So I certainly don't want to drink soda before I go in for that. And it's going to be hours before I can feel like I could actually taste soda. So maybe I'll have to wait for it tomorrow. But if you had it, let me know what you think. And speaking of sodas, if you are looking for, if you are a soda drinker and if you like Dr. Pepper and you're looking for something a little different to drink in this cold weather, go online because you're not going to find it in the store. Go online and order yourself some Dr. Pepper that is made with cane sugar as opposed to high fructose corn syrup. So if you go and you buy it at any store around here, what you're getting there is the high fructose corn syrup version of Dr. Pepper. I have not seen them put a real cane sugar version of Dr. Pepper on the shelves anywhere. But there's one plant, I guess, if you remember VB from the Howie Carr show, he is a huge Dr. Pepper fan. And he and I had conversations about this years ago, and he actually orders. This. So there's one bottling plant left, and I believe Louisiana, where they or Texas, where they make the the cane sugar Dr Pepper. And he orders them in glass bottles, and he gave me some to to, to try this, and I became kind of hooked on it. But if you can go online, you can get it from Amazon. Get the cane sugar Dr. Pepper, and then when you get it, take a saucepan, pour the Dr. Pepper into the saucepan, and heat it up slowly under a low flame, almost as if you were like heating up milk to make like some warm milk. I know a lot of people just throw it in the microwave, but you don't want to throw this in the microwave for what we're doing here. Put the the Dr. Pepper in there, heat it up slowly, and then take a lemon... Slice a very thin lemon slice, put that in the bottom of a mug, and then take the, once the Dr. Pepper in the pan gets hot, take that, pour it over the lemon into the mug. You can take the lemon out afterwards if you want. You can leave it in too, but you don't have to leave it in if you don't want to. And then sip that hot Dr. Pepper. And you will find that it is... A very refreshing, very warming wintertime drink. They used to actually market it in the forties or up until the forties, they would market a hot Dr. Pepper as like it'll cure all that ails you. I don't know if it'll do that. But it certainly makes for a nice drink on a cold night. Five oh eight nine nine six zero five hundred, we'll be right back. <clears throat> and you know if you are if you're like me, you like convenience as much as you like anything else, right? You're trying to make things as simple as you can for yourself. And a lot of times, convenience means running into a convenience store. But it's not usually the kind of place that you think of when you think of, where am I going to get dinner tonight? Well, let me tell you. When you run into Gas Express in New Bedford at the corner of Tarkin Hill Road and Belleville Avenue, you are going to encounter not only convenience, but a fantastic place to get something to eat. Because inside of Gas Express is crispy, crunchy chicken. If you haven't tried it yet, I recommend getting over there and and giving it a try. In fact, their motto is either you know how good it is or you haven't tried it. This is crispy, crunchy chicken and it's not just the name either. That's the way that they prepare it. It's not greasy. It's not soaked in oil. It's not dried out from sitting under a heat lamp all day. It's not frozen. They make this chicken, and then they put it out in small batches, so it's ready to go when you get there, but it hasn't been sitting around. It's tasty, and it's meaty, and it comes bone-in, or you can get it as boneless tenders. Hand-breaded, mildly Cajun-spiced chicken. Also with great sides like their potato wedge fries, jambalaya, mac and cheese, and their famous honey biscuits. You can get it in a two-, three-, or four-piece crunch box deal, or you can get a family deal and feed the whole family, although you probably want to call ahead for that so that they can make sure they have enough chicken prepared for you. Because, as I said, they prepare it in small batches so it's not sitting around. Crispy, crunchy chicken inside Gas Express in New Bedford at the corner of Tarkin Hill Road and Belleville Avenue. It's also available through Gotchu. DoorDash and Uber Eats if you want to have it delivered. But stop on by. Talk with the folks over there and see how great that chicken really is. And I guarantee you, you will be back for more because, in my opinion, it's the best fried chicken in New Bedford. All right. Got to take one more break here. We'll be right back. All right. We are out of time for this hour. But when we come back on the other side of the news, we can talk more about this Brockton High School situation. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop.